connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Allstate, where we bring it all together. And bundling your home and auto is good, right? And it saves you up to 25%. It all comes together. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Bundled savings discounts will vary by state. Saving up to 25% is a countrywide average of savings off the home policy. Combining the multiple policy discounts for having auto insurance with Allstate and the welcome discount savings at enrollment. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is on the air. Pump fake. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Good! Bucket! Bucket! Rumble, young man! Ball game! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join Daniel Salerson and me as the Pelicans take on the Detroit Pistons. Tuesday at 6 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Hola, amigos. It is our number three of the Sports Hangover. Marlon Fayright, 215. Jordan Kleber, Gus Kattengill with you, buddy. Back over to the LaRoe Studios. We'll take your phone calls if you chime in. A couple of questions of the day. Go! Yeah, so we're on Twitter. We're talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and what they've done this season. And Saints fans, uh, do the Bengals change your outlook when it comes to the Saints with what they have done this season? You could comment or call in 800-998-1003 or tweet at us at ESPN Radio New Orleans. All right, Ricky chiming in. I asked... What 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 would what would it make me and Bradley? So he's married to my wife's cousin. I mean, is it cousins cousin in laws? Ricky says cousin in law. That's a thing. Now, but you know why I love me some Bradley? He he texts back because he's listening. Brothers. Oh, how sweet is that? Come on, brothers, brothers, brothers. I don't have a brother. I have a sister. So. I guess, Bradley, you are the brother I've never had, sir. And um, thanks to Bradley, Jordan, he's the reason that he pushed me. Get the pellet grill. Go get yourself a pellet grill. He got a little rec tech over the holidays. Sounds like an inspirational guy. He really honestly is. He is. Very handy, too. Without him, I'd have no doors in my house right now. Speaking of handy. That is not me. That is not me. Oh, speaking of handsies. Yeah, Tom Pelesra. This is going around everywhere. It is. Nothing's more important Pitt's than quarterback work. Kenny Pickett didn't have his hand size <laughs> measured mm, mm. here in Mobile, yeah. but he has a good reason. I tell He's you what, double jointed, and I have so it. his thumb naturally points in odd direction. He's doing an extra exercise to get an accurate measurement okay. at the combine in March. This is not to be embarrassing. So this morning, um, my son goes to his office, quote unquote, between eight and eight fifteen, eight thirty. So my wife, I, I'm doing the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and all that. My wife about to leave at eight. And she goes, Gus, come here now. I'm like, what happened? You know, I mean, like he's in his office. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm expecting a story or something about that. And I peek in and he's, he's grinning and he's a little fidgety. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, show daddy. And I'm like, what, what is he showing me? Now he's sitting down in his office. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> with his tablet, I'm like, what, what's going on? My dude lifts his right hand. He's double jointed on his thumb. It's the weirdest looking thing. I guess he figured that out. He must have been. And he must have been. So wait, then my wife goes, "Look, he's just like me," and she just starts dislocating her shoulder. The hell? Carver's done that before, and I, I thought that he might be double jointed in areas, but he's never just like, "Dad, check this out." Pop, pop, pop. Full on exorcist. His thumb just is like. Like, my immediate reaction was, please don't do that. And then, um, yeah, I just thought the whole, like, finding that out while he was on his office, you know. Was, was maybe, have, maybe have Kenny Pickett come talk to him. Yeah. How to so live, how to live with double-jointed thumbs. He and Kenny Pickett have something in common. Apparently, my son's double-jointed with his right thumb. All right, so 
I told you right before that break went, there is a team that would make sense. Like you brought up the Chiefs. That's interesting, huh? I, I, I know everybody wants to put him with the, with the Cowboys. I, I just, I, it's got a really timing and all of that, right? Jerry's not waiting two years, and I don't think Sean goes a year in. Now, he could, you know, and do it out. I don't know. There's contracts involved, and there's things of that nature with the networks and all that. Um, there's one that makes a world of sense to me, which I think will be also okay with Saints fans. <laughs> And if you connect the this dots, this out west. Oh, it's beautiful out there. Sunny skies. You can do movies. True. Did you watch Home Team, by the way? I have not. I don't you have Netflix. I haven't. I haven't. You don't have Netflix. I do not have Netflix. Here we go. It's not, they're not San Diego anymore. Yeah, they'll always be San Diego. Super- I think the Chargers make a ton of sense. First off, him and Pretty Boy McVeigh, who, by the way, yesterday, thank you, Corey Glore. He shows up yesterday. We're watching the game, and, you know, he's mentioning McVeigh. My wife's like, who's that? And he's like, they both start talking about how hot he really is. I'm like, what? Even his little pretty he, gelled hair. He is a good-looking guy. Oh, stop it. You know what it, you know what also helps? When literally they're like the Lakers. Hey, who's who can we go get that's the best player on other teams and put everybody together? And then they still almost squeak it out. Anyway, I can't stand wow. the Rams. What? What are you wowing uh, about? This is okay. Okay. Can I get back to why I think no, Payton I, should coach I, the Chargers? Twenty twenty one. What? Saint Sean Payton places twenty fifth amongst thirty two NFL coaches in unscientific hotness poll. There's there's a hotness poll. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Here's the poll. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Can you who 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 did this poll? Um, it was a Green Bay Packers on Reddit. Okay. All right. A poll of 316 women ranked. ranked 316 the, women surveyed. Yes. It have was ranked the 32 head coach. Family oh, feud okay. style. Right. How hot each NFL head coach is on a scale from 1 to 10 yeah. based on the first 10 photos mm-hmm. returned by Google Images. Oh, oh, wait a minute. See, this is interesting. So they're searching. They're searching. Ah, they're searching. So do eight, I do I gotta go look at Mrs. K's search history? Might have to. Huh? I gotta. And what we got it, here? It might be somewhere. We got here at eight point four percent. Eight. That's or, first no, place. No, eight, at, at eight. Yeah, ranked at eight on the scales. Matt Lefleur. He's number one. He's number one. Eight percent. Brian Flores. Wait, hold on, hold on. Eight percent gets you number one. Eight. So essentially. There's a, there's a lady for every head coach. There. I, mean, I, mean, that's, I mean, you would think like, what, you know, first place would get more than 8%. It's not a big difference. All right, who's number two? Matt LaFleur, really, huh? All right, Ryan two. Flores. Number two? Number two. Wow. He is, by the way, he's interviewing. Dude. He's interviewing today with the Texans per Ian Rappaport. Tomorrow, he will interview with your New Orleans Saints. Sean McVay's actually six. Wow. Can we get, go in order, man? Go in order. Who's three? Robert Sale. Or is that... Really? Stop it. Cliff Kingsbury at four. Now, the Kling, the, the, the Cliff Kingsbury draft photo from a couple seasons ago where, I mean, it essentially looked like a still photography of a magazine, right, with his, with his home in Arizona. And he reads hotter than Sean Payton, Oh, apparently. no. Well, he has that teddy bear thing. He does. He looks like he could give you a nice big old. Come I wonder, here, bring it I wonder in. if Ur- like after you fail your next French class, you I'm know, not failing it. He just opens his arms and goes, "Come on, bring it in." Urban Meyer's definitely fall off, falling off this list. <laughs> Urban Meyer was on there. Mm-hmm. It was all, it was all of, in twenty twenty one, the twenty one season. Vic Fangio came in last. Oh, that's a shame. And he got fired. Anyway, should we get back <laughs> to? Uh... So what's Peyton? What's his number? Twenty what? What did you say? He is at 25th. He's 25th among the He, he had that stretch, especially when they were in West Virginia, you know, when he first met the future Mrs. Peyton, that he was into CrossFit. Remember that? He had, like, the team doing their physical fitness test, being like a CrossFit fitness test, all that other craze. That's kind of gone off since then. It's gone around. The comments, Holly. 
Obviously, LaFleur is the hottest. But the rest, interesting. I'm, again, I, I, I don't know many other shows that would have found this list. So congratulations to you there, Jordan. Just doing the, the, the heavy research. No, it's fine. 800-998-1003. Where's Zach Taylor, head coach of your Cincinnati Bengals? Let's see. McVay. One, two, three, I can't four, stand that. You, you know who McVay reminds me? I was thinking about this this morning while you're looking up that list. He reminds me of that guy. This 15? is no offense to people that do sales and stuff, but that, that's the guy that he's all, he's the guy that calls you and has a tremendous opportunity for you if you just invest or, or something. Just, he's always that guy. He just completely looks like an untrustworthy guy. I just don't like him. Can I just not like him? Is that okay, Jordan? Can I just not care for him? With this over-exuberance. <laughs> I just... I don't buy that guy. Do you buy Sean McVay? It's a simple question. Yes or no? Got, got his teams to two Super Bowls. Whether you like the no, Nola no-call or not. I need to cleanse the palate here. Let's go listen to um, something that makes me feel even better. From 31 yards, McPherson. And Cincinnati is heading... To the Super Bowl. Now, the question of the day, Jordan, that we've been asking is watching that game yesterday take place like that. Again, I can look at the Rams and all that. They go purchase and trade for everybody. But the Bengals, two years ago, man, they won two games. So when you look at something like that, does it not give you hope if you're a Saints fan? Like, how as a Saints fan do you view that and then view the future of, the, of this franchise, huh? What are some of the responses over there? Twitter? Oh, over on Twitter, mm-hmm. we have. Sorry, I'm pulling it up. Here it is. Well, I know you were doing important work. Yeah, I was looking saying, at hot I, NFL coaches. Yes, I might have to clear my search history. <laughs> Saul says, "Not really. We have seen this story: amazing quarterback play, mm-hmm. skill position players making plays, and defense making turnovers just to have to get hot in the playoffs." Saints need to figure out quarterback position and get wide receiver two and a tight end as for my parlay usa losing to canada screwed my four game parlay i told you my uh, neighbor across the street mr tim 800 bones right there all san francisco had to do was hold on to that 17 14 win you know what else they had to do secure that interception yeah yeah that'd have been nice that'd have been nice hmm you know what? You deserve this. It begins a drive under center. A play fake, a straight back drop. He climbs. He deals. Going top shelf. Down the middle of the field and intercepted. Jaquaski Tart dropped it at the 35, retreating into San Francisco territory. He was all alone in the center of SoFi Stadium, and that ball hung up for what felt like hours. Hours. Well, I tell you what, that stadium's uh sounds like it's rigged for sound there, huh? Five billion will get you that. That halftime show is going to be. I'm going to correct you. Five point five billion. I'm sorry, five point five billion. If you round up, it's six billion. That's unreal. That thing is massive, dude. I wonder if that's including tax. Oh, I don't know if they do that, huh? You think they do that? A little tax on there. <laughs> this is for you, since I know you. He's got protection. Too much time. You can't do that. All the way back to the 21. Now they chase him. Spins around, and the ball's out. It was recovered, though, by Tooney. It was Hubbard who forced it, and now you've got to make a longer field goal. They almost lost that game. I'm telling you, they uh, they got cutesy. Got cutesy there, and then right before the half, Dan Orlovsky, not happy with what the Chiefs did before halftime. What I did not like about the play was, why did they not just take a guy like Travis Kelsey, put him by himself, and say, hey, we're going to take a shot here. We're not, we don't need this touchdown. We want this touchdown. Put Travis Kelsey by himself. We're either going to run a slant or a fade route. You know that, Patrick, that's your only option. We're throwing the ball there. If not, it goes out of bounds, and we're going to take our three points. Remember at the time, man, we saw it. We said I was standing next to Bradley when that happened. I was like, "Well, that might be something that uh could be a difference in the game." There could be a difference in the game. 
All right, quick break. We come back, Marlon Favorite. I'll ask him about the trenches because it is, I do think, the number one storyline that we'll hear at least a hundred times, and rightfully so. I do get it. The Bengals offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. Mr. Favorite next. Hang over on ESPN New Orleans. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today. 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Can we talk Talk sports? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. At Big Fame, 504 is the way to follow over on Twitter. Cincinnati and the Rams in the Super Bowl. Marlon, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Well, good afternoon, Gus. Hello, somebody. How do you feel this? How do you feel today, man? Well, hopefully by the hello, somebody sounds joyful, elated, <laughs> just excited, just all the great expressions we can look sure. at in the Webster's right now. The reason I say that, man, is, look, I remember for the national championship game here in, in the city, you posted a picture the night before, I think, or really it was the day that the team arrived, or maybe it was the night before the, the championship game, huh? You, you went up with the team at their hotel, and you got a photo of you and Joe, and you had a chance to talk to him and all that, and, and to, to see the impact that he had with your Tigers... And then see similar impact two years later, like he had two years into the Tigers, two years now into the Bengals. And, and Marlon, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but no one has ever won a national championship, a Heisman, and a Super Bowl. Ever. Which is crazy when you think about it. Wow, I didn't even think about it like that, Gus. That is crazy. And what I like, and, and, and I thought about that last night, man, uh, when we were in <laughs> just getting the wall. It was that Friday, to be exact, um, leading into that Monday game. And I remember the team got there, so I went up to go grab my media credentials and, you know, just really spend time and soak all of it up, talk to all the coaches. And we were, the kids were eating. Well, the kids, the, the players were eating. And um, I, <clears throat> I ended up sitting at the table with John Emery and uh, Clyde that was there left. So Joe was over there, and I had never really – 
talked to Joe. We've been in the same area, and that was actually my my my, my first first time actually uh, meeting him. And we were walking, crossing paths. I'm like, man, what's up, Joe? We could take we could take a quick picture. Oh, sure. He stopped his track, turned around, and took the picture. It's like, all right, thanks, Joe. Man, cool. And and I say that story, Gus, just to talk about how folks lose sight of how important it is to have a good personality, be a good person. And and his dad, Mr. Ch- uh, Mr. was well, Mr. Chase raised a really good kid too, but Mr. Burrow raised an exceptional young man, and it's shown. I think his leadership as a player, and we saw that LSU and his infectious way to have people gravitate to him in a, in a positive way, is the reason that they're winning. Uh, I remember they, they had won their first big game, and Joe said, hey, 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 everybody else. He did that like maybe two or three times. Within three seconds, the whole locker room quiet. For a second-year guy? Come on now, Gus. For a second-year guy? So since he exemplifies that type of leadership, it speaks volumes on why they're in the position that they are because the quarterback is that mm-hmm. position. You know, that's your, your, your best – not your best football player, but your, your best mind – to be at quarterback, and, and, and he showed that early. He has those qualities. So we found out, Jordan, just now that Marlon sat there to go get a free meal with the team. That's that's what I heard there. He sat there and, and ate with all. I would have done, done the, the same, same thing too. Thing, no, for Marlon. sure. You know, it's it's funny. You brought up the, the, the dads, and I love the photo yesterday that was posted on social media that it was Burrow's dad standing next to Jamar Chase's dad. Smoke them if you got them, and there they are in the Kansas City parking lot. You know, look, obviously. Having Jamar from around here, good old Rommel, as you mentioned, you know, just being a local kid. And, and look, they adopted Joe Burrow, and he won a national championship here in the Heisman. So he, he even said that um, yesterday he finds it funny all these Ohio State fans are trying to claim him, and he said he's a tiger. And it was kind of cool to hear him say that. But, dude, to see what Jamar so they're like, you saw him bend over and kind of get really emotional, right, when, when the kick went through the uprights there. Like, you saw him get real emotional about that. I mean, obviously, you don't think that your first year in the league and you're, and you're picked that high that you're going to the Super Bowl. Normally, that team normally isn't very good, but it's crazy to look at Jamar Chase's story. Gus, I mean, with, with Jamar Chase, that story is just too surreal for me because no way in the world I'm recently retired from professional football and going door-to-door, working on my sales tips, going door-to-door, and I knock on Jimmy Chase's door. And he said, hey, aren't you that guy from all the top four games of the week? What you doing out here selling cable, too? I said, shh, don't tell about him selling cable, too. Man, come here. I want you to be my son. So I go in there, and it's this kid, about six foot tall, low cut, you know, just quiet, not saying nothing. What's up, man? My name's Jamal. Say what's up, man? Yeah, oh yeah, you go, you gonna talk about him? You gonna you gonna talk about him a lot? I'm telling you. And lo and behold, the next year, I'm doing still doing college four games of the week, and he's catching this pass and catching that pass. And before you know it, him and Terrence Marshall, one and two receivers, Jamar one, and we know the story about what he had at at, at LSU. And to do this as rookie in the league, you're look, Gus. I know what it feels like to be a practice squad rookie in the league going to, to a Super Bowl. But for you to be an all-pro star player on that team, legit the all-pro pro receiver, and you're not nowhere near the age of 25, it's surreal, Gus. It's, and, and say this kid's from right here, Harvey, Louisiana, a West Banker like you and I, and, and living his dreams, going to beautiful California. For a Super Bowl, your first year in the league is just is just it's next to none, man. It just speaks about the talent in this area, too, uh, Goose. No, no doubt, especially when you, when you look at um, what is it? The most postseason yards, receiving yards. I mean, that's that that's incredible. That the guy didn't just perform well; he has the most postseason yards um, in, in reception. Look at this. Look at this. Two of LSU's arguably best receivers of all time about to go head to head for the Super Bowl. One of them going to be a champion. Yeah, no doubt. You're absolutely right. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jamar Chase going at it uh, from either side. You know, one of the things that you also look at, at this game that stands out, because I think a lot of times we, we talk about culture, we talk about 
toughness and the ability to get others to believe. I, I do feel, and I keep bringing it up, and I kept talking about this with my wife yesterday. I'm like, this team won two games, man. Like, you've been in locker rooms, Marlon, and normally we associate a coaching change with coming in and building the culture. It took Sean, you know, a little bit, not only to get to the Super Bowl, but look, I mean, in 06, the culture started to change. You started getting that sort of belief a bit. Um, you mentioned Nick Saban and then the transition to Les Miles, who, by the way, per Jamar Chase last week, said that he shouldn't play receiver at LSU, which was nuts, Marlon, when I heard that, huh? That was insane. I remember Mickey Joseph telling me that story because he had to go in there and, and, and clean that up for, for recruiting. Yeah, it, it was true. And I double-checked with his dad uh, about two or three years ago. And that's why they were going to Texas A&M. <laughs> and, and I'm glad the rest of history, but right. he told me that the DB. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy uh, when you look at it from that perspective. So I think one of the things that I was trying to get to, though, is when you associate time changes or not time changes, but, you know, culture changes and things like that, man, it's crazy that um, this team believes in that. Like listening to Von Bell and other players, like they got swag, man. I mean, like they 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 legitimately believe that. They've been a team that's been winning. You know, like they should get the same respect as everybody else. I'm like, dude, you were a two win team. And, and last year, they, they weren't even a playoff team. It's just, it's just crazy how the confidence as a team has gotten together. And, you know, it's almost like in baseball, man, you, you, you get a team sometimes that the Atlanta Braves are a perfect example, right? They were out of it. And then they just kept rolling. We're winning games. Jordan jumped on the bandwagon as a fan. Next thing you know, they're, they're World Series winners, man. I mean, I, I I keep saying, why not with Cincinnati? Two weeks away from the Super Bowl, are you why not with the Bengals, or are you like many, thinking that this is the Rams to lose? Why not with the Bengals? I mean, I said it was going to be the Cowboys and the Bengals from the dump. I was all the way wrong with the Cowboys. But I know me and you had the Bengals, guys, and why not the Bengals? Why not the Bengals? Why not, man? Um, I'll ask you this, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it, obviously, Friday as we get closer to the Super Bowl. When you look at the the, the storyline of offensive line and defensive line, what can the Bengals do to slow down a pass rush? You're not probably going to stop it. But what can you do to slow that down? Like, is there slides, chips, keeping other people in, tight ends, a running back, like, how do you make sure Burrow can even hand the ball off? Well, I thought they did a better job at giving the ball off most of the time to, to Joe Mixon to, to kind of keep it balanced. But you want to match protect. You want to leave maybe, maybe uh, bring in an extra tight end uh, to, to roll out the block to protect. Keep, keep a, a running back or a fullback in to, to be that block to let those routes develop. And, and you saw that early in the game that they started to go to more of the short passing game just for the simple fact of the offensive line not being able to block up the part. So that's going to be a challenge for them because, whoa, we, we worry about them being one of the worst in, uh, offensive linemen in the league, but to go against one of the best defensive lines, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and all of those attackers over there, uh, they have, they're going to need the next two weeks to get that together. <laughs> but flip side, the Bengals' defense looked much better from the weeks before. And, uh, oh, oh, Eli Apple, who's not a favorite guy for us down here, hello, somebody. Uh, <laughs> looked, looked like he dropped the pick yesterday, but held his own. So defensively, they, they, they look like they're gaining more confidence. Yeah, no doubt. Big Fade 504, as always, man, appreciate the phone time that you give us. And as always, check out the podcast, Inside the Trenches. Thank you, Marlon. We'll talk again on Friday, bud. Thanks for having me on, Gooch. Yeah, for sure. We'll focus on the Senior Bowl here as well coming up uh, throughout the week, Marlon. So on Friday, we'll kind of recap some of the storylines going on in Mobile this week and how big it is for a lot of times the seniors to be able to, you know, shell out for these teams and, and show up a bit. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, y'all. I'm a little fearful, Jordan. I'm a little fearful as head coach Kenny Farrell has walked in. Not only to get his jacket that he left, but also to talk about the debacle. Was it a debacle? I don't know. We'll talk next on ESPN York.
Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff as your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ready for an oil change? We can help get the right protection at the right price. Right now, you can get five quarts of Valvoline Daily Protection or Valvoline Max Life High Mileage Motor Oil with an STP oil filter for just $28.99. Visit one of our 6,000 stores or order from AutoZone.com for same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Get in zone, Restrictions apply. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase. The more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Think you're dealing with drug poisoning, chemical poisoning, food poisoning? Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. What would you say? You do. Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover, Gus Kattengau, Jordan Kleber, Kenny Farrell. See, you, you could, you should have just said you're just here to pick up your jacket you left. Well, oh, that's all I came in for to pick up my jacket because obviously there wasn't a lot to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> we talked about game. last Thursday there were going to be three games for the yeah. U.S. Men's National Soccer Team within seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friday, I mean Thursday, and then you had um, Sunday. Sunday, and then Tuesday. this coming Thursday coming up. Tuesday, actually. Is it Tuesday? Yeah. I thought it was Thursday. Either way, um, it's. What happened? They, they won the first game, won nothing, but many were like it should have been 3 nothing, mm-hmm. And then against Canada, it just seemed like they were asleep at the wheel. Well, they're lacking, um, for sure. It was a bit of a shock to me. I thought they would roll um, against El Salvador and win it about 3 nil. They didn't. Um, possession means nothing uh, in these games because they've had possession in both games over the weekend, El Salvador and Canada, won one, lost one. Mm-hmm. They just don't seem sharp enough. They just don't look threatening enough every time they're on the ball. They have a lot of possession. They move it, but they don't open teams up. They don't seem to be able to create chances. And, you know, even when they do get chances, they're they're not clinical. You know, they're just not clinical. It's not like it was a super performance. I know everybody said against Canada, the keeper played well, but it really everything was easy for him, except the one he tipped over the bar from a a corner. Um, It it just wasn't good enough. It was very frustrating to watch. Okay, so so break it down first because, again – Fans like me, mm-hmm. right, that uh, will tune the game in because it's the, the national team that's playing and stuff like that. So I don't maybe see nearly as technical as perhaps others do that play the sports and, and follow it nearly as much. Mm. What was the th- what was the difference that you saw maybe in these two games as opposed to the games before? Then is it lineup changes? Was it different lineups? Was it strategy? Like was there anything technically you can maybe point a finger to? Yeah, I'm not so sure that it was the lineup or it was um, pure desire to finish. It was underperforming from key players and pure desire to get the get the game finished. It, it, they never looked – you never felt at any point that they were really going to take the game on. And I had felt that the last round, that they were finding their feet and they were – they had cutting edge and um, there was a desire and a passion to make it happen. And at that level, you've got to split – Canada on the weekend were better – organized and it went for them they scored early mm-hmm. they could sit the nice space and allow the united states to have the ball and but every time they had it it wasn't moving quickly enough and you know they would build up on one side of the field for me just watching the game they'd build up on one side of the field and they were so slow that the canadians could get three four five six seven players there quickly to close down the space and there was never a switch of play it just looked like they didn't change that up it looked like they weren't looking for stuff could the weather and have been a factor Weather could have been a factor. I kind of wondered why they played it all in cold weather. When you generally have the better players, 
I don't know why you need to use the, the if that was the tactic. So they could choose it. where to have played it. Yeah, they, they could have played in Miami. Yeah, or they could have played Canada in the summer. You know, they could have played Canada like last year, or they could have played them in a better time of year, or they could have played. Oh, I thought it was it had to be in January. Well, that's negotiated. Really? That's negotiated. So they yeah. chose to play in well, they 20 agreed degrees. to. They agreed to. And obviously the Canadians wanted to play them this time of the year. But right. They would okay. agree to it. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, I thought that's just kind of it. CONCACAF or FIFA we cho- we, sets I mean, we, the schedule and that's when you play. No, and we chose Columbus, obviously, to play the game in. And mm-hmm. we're playing in very cold weather again on um, Tuesday night. So, yeah. so that could have been a factor. But, you know, when you're the better team, you know, player for player. I wouldn't say they were the better team on the night, on Sunday or in the afternoon. When you're the better team, you've got to go and finish teams off. They looked like there was something lacking. They couldn't find a way to do it. They weren't very threatening, in my opinion. I mean, if I was playing against them, I'd have been quite comfortable with them if I was 1-0 up, as Canada were for most of the team, most of the game, with them just moving the ball around and, and, and playing in front of them. They never really were incisive or got behind them or split them, and it was quick one-twos. And that's hard to do in the weather, too, because you don't move as quickly. But Well, let me ask you this as well, because it's something that I've seen in the last, I don't know, what, year and a half, right? Or they beat Mexico twice. Yeah. And then could switching up of players be a, a thing in terms of I feel like when they've beaten Mexico for the most part it was like young players and mm-hmm. different you know MLS players and mm-hmm. stuff and most of the quote-unquote better players either in Europe or not playing one was suspended one game and all this like I don't know I'm, I'm almost asking like maybe who's the better team because I feel like even the goal against um you know Salvador was by a young player. It was his first goal, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I almost wonder, like, do you go youth or do you go with these names that maybe sometimes aren't showing up, though? Well, usually you need to strike a balance between yeah, between that. You want your best players out there and you want performing the best. But Okay, stop I, there. I, Is I would, Christian Pulisic one of the better players? He hasn't been this okay, week. Okay, that's what I was you getting. You know, at. he hasn't been. He's underperforming, but that doesn't mean he's not one of the best players. He is, the you know, obviously the cream of the crop when it comes to so the So why USA. does he have such trouble? Because I, I, I feel like... We have qualifying game or exhibition game after game mm-hmm. after game. And he's not, you know, two goals scored, three goals scored, or every game he has a goal. Like, why mm-hmm. why do we go three, four, five games without him scoring for the U.S.? It's hard to know. I mean, obviously, he's not playing with the caliber of players he's playing with at Chelsea uh, in his right? club team. I mean, they're a lot higher. Um, it's hard to know. Uh, like he's he's got to be the inspiration. He's got to be the leader. But that's what I'm getting at. If you're um, going to be the best team in this you, country, you're not going to be playing with those players. Yeah. If you if, if, if he's you know obviously getting squeezed out of games, he's tightly marked. He's not allowed to run with the ball. Okay. So so how, who how else do they how go he's to? Defended. Yeah. How he's issue. defended. You know. So how do you use him? Where do you use him? He's obviously a player that they don't allow to play. If you're playing against him, you're not going to allow him to play. So where else do they go with the ball? Now, they have other good players, and they had some players that weren't involved in the game uh, on Sunday um, that that are also extremely uh, good players. But Because <laughs> I guess that's me. what I was asking, because like in football and in basketball, I can create space through different things, right? Basketball, pick and rolls, I can yeah. run people around you mm-hmm. and, and, and make defenders have to work around it. In football, I can use formations, right? Put three receivers on one side, get a guy in motion, move the defenders to try to create space for you. How do you do that in soccer? Well, I mean, it's all down to your game plan, isn't it? It's how you use the players and who you balance the players around you and how you protect him. So, I mean, it's got to be more than just him, though. It's 11 on 11. And, and um, you know, I was quite comfortable moving into this weekend with the way the USA had been playing. But it just seemed lackluster. I admit it could have been the cold weather. I, I don't know. But at the end of the day... I wasn't impressed. I was looking for more. I think they should have been moving the ball quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and they should have been certainly in the final third where most of the games were played in the opponent's defensive third of the field. It just didn't look like half. the team that we saw last month, sharp, you yeah. know, November. Straight down the middle, you know, the, the striker isn't, right. I don't think, up to the caliber. The one, Zardes wasn't up to it. Now, is it harder, again, for people that maybe don't follow it nearly as much, and even mm. when you look at these qualifiers, because whether it's EPL or MLS, you're playing multiple times a week or, mm. or a month. Is mm. it harder when you literally go weeks before you all of a sudden then have a three-game stretch in a week? Yeah, but it's the same for every country, though. Okay. So it's no different. It's the same for every country. So uh, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. What they need to do That's is... That's what I'm doing, Coach. I'm trying to find a lot of excuses. <laughs> Look, it's, it's been a poor... It's been poor. I didn't agree with um, 
with Berhalter's comment that he was disappointed with the result but not with the performance. You've got to, and he probably said that for a reason, but you've got to be disappointed with that performance. There was no spark in the team. He made some substitutions with about 10 minutes to go, or maybe 15 minutes to go, that sparked the team up a little bit. But it always looked like the more dangerous team on the counterattack was Canada. They looked very comfortable uh, when they didn't have the ball. Um, they didn't have a lot of it because the U.S. dominated possession. I just and feel like we, we're back at this again. I, I feel like we're back at what is our identity? Like if, if Jordan doesn't follow soccer mm-hmm. and he goes, why should I watch the game or what kind of team are we? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer that to him. Yeah. Well, like who are the U.S. men's national team? Are they an attacking team? Are they a defensive team? Or are they a team that moves the ball around? Like there's some teams that we watch in World Cup. That look beautiful, right? It almost looked like a flock of birds tell you man, what we that are. move all tell together you, and the we're, ball we're, is quick. Like Mexico. The, Mexico, the, the passing is every yeah, half a second. To a me, it's not that. It's, it's the leadership. Look, if you go back and for anyone who was watching the game, within the matter of 90 seconds, they played the ball out of the back twice from the keeper to their center backs who had open wet. And, and the way people want to play the game now is that way. They gave up a free kick and the other one was a shot at goal. They gave away possession within a couple of seconds on the, on the edge of their own box. This is complete naivety. There's nobody ran down the field and got in the face of the goalkeeper and the centre back and said, what are you doing? They could have lost the game three or four nil because of stor- uh, uh, pure naivete and stupidity. But are they told, uh, can they change it up themselves on the pitch? I don't know. I'm looking at it going, you're really doing the same thing you just did that just got you into trouble? I mean, the Canadians know. They almost feel like he's being coached that. Yeah, they they felt like they had to play a certain way. And the Canadians, if you can remember, it was the middle of the second half. In fact, he turned to the keeper, pulled off a great save. But he felt like he had to play to a certain player. And it happened two times in a row, and it happened for the first goal for Canada. And they've read it. They said, okay, when he goes here, we're just going to close him down, get the ball off, and we're going to create a chance. And it's like, I just don't know when you're watching the game. That's the way I feel that they're allowed to. They're allowed to be creative. They're allowed to make their own decisions. That's what I felt watching the game. I'm not sure that's the case, but I felt that as a coach watching the game. I just felt it was purely stupid, yeah. honestly. You were not happy. You were not happy. That is for sure. The next round. Yeah, well, well, the next I, round I, is really important. We'll get into that here as well because you came and got your jacket. Leave your jacket and come back again. <laughs> Maybe with a win. We got a big one. We're playing bottom of he the league. He was not happy, We're folks. playing bottom of the league Honduras this week. It bums you out. I know. I hear you. Good seeing you again. You too. Thank you for the breakdown. I have Coach Kenny Farrell. Now he's off to pick out his job. Uh, when we come back, Ryan Fitzgerald, general manager of your New Orleans Gold. Folks, they got a game next week. Talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the king at 909-KING. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Actual pie customer. Workers' comp can crush a small business every year. It would jump 5, 10, 15, 20%, even though there was never any claims. And that's where I was struggling as a growing business. That's Mike Lozier, owner of Gutter Plumber, a small business in New Jersey. A while back, Mike found his workers' comp costs rising. Luckily, he discovered Pi Insurance. From start to finish, it was extremely easy. They quickly came back to me with a plan that was affordable for me. Are you overpaying for workers' comp? Just go to saveonpi.com, share a few details about your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle or hidden fees. Like Mike, we think you'll be glad you did. I'm very happy that I moved over to Pi for my workers' comp so that I can grow my company while not breaking the bank. Find out how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent or get a quote at saveonpie.com. That's saveonpie.com. Vivid Seats. Your ticket to hold on to your hat, edge of seat sitting, bases loaded, two outs, half court buzzer beating, 60-yard Hail Marys. Hear that pin dropping? Can they do it? They did! For your team, it was nothing. Get tickets and earn rewards with Vivid Seats. Life happens live. When I'm 
Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. It is Jordan right, up, right behind you on the screen. Tom Brady, retired. Champa Bay, live uh, little update there. Um, it won't be football, but it is very similar to it. Rugby. It's right around the corner, as in this week, Saturday, the NOLA Gold opened the regular season. They'll open it at home. The New England Free Jacks general manager, Ryan Fitzgerald, joins us to talk a little bit about that. Uh, sir, first off, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great, Gus. Yourself? Doing fine, man. Media day today. It snuck up on me. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I was sitting here last week and saw that you guys were having I'm like, media day? And then I click on I'm like, Y'all have a game in February, which is next weekend, which is now this Saturday. How fast did it sort of feel for y'all to get back into the swing of things? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's been a quick turnaround. You know, this is uh, last year with COVID, the season got bumped back a little bit. You know, so uh, I mean, it's, it's been in the season championship ending. You know, before the Fourth of July, the championship was August first, and then you know, three weeks later was uh, uh, collegiate draft. You know, so before you know it, it's already rolling into. September, you know, then late August, obviously the hurricane hit, mm-hmm. and every, you know, before you know it, everybody's back. You know, so it's been a quick turnaround, uh, but that's good. That's, that's exciting, you know, because we ended the season with a lot of momentum last year. You know, finished the last six games on the road and won five of six, did thirty-eight thousand miles in six weeks, and finished you know third overall best record in the league and missed the playoffs by one bonus point. You know, so um, so we, we're carrying that momentum over. Kate mm-hmm. Thompson and the coaching staff. This has been one of our most efficient training camps I think we've ever had as far as just um, the tempo, the competitiveness, clarity, you know, no wasted reps. Very, very efficient, effective training camp. And uh, when we started January 3rd, like you said, the blink of an eye, all of a sudden, we're playing our season opener this weekend. So, very fast. Ryan, you just mentioned it, uh, a new change at head coach there. Kane Thompson's come in. Uh, the decision there and kind of tell NOLA Gold fans, who is Kane Thompson? Yeah, Kane has been uh, just outstanding for us. He's been a warrior for us for a while. I mean, the guy's resume speaks for itself. Obviously, he's got three World Cups with Samoa in 2012. He was the starting eight-man when they with the Chiefs over in New Zealand when they won Super Rugby. He's played in England. He's played in France. He's been a you know professional now for 20 years, and he's just turned 40 this past month. You know, so um, he came with came to us in 2019. Uh, you know, as a player, and uh, I mean, immediately was a leader. Obviously, immediately with his, like I said, with his knowledge and his experience, uh, players took to it to transition from a player into a forward coach, you know, as an assistant coach. And now, uh, you know, this offseason, it was just uh, a perfect timing for him to make that jump. I mean, you know, he's, like I said, he's had the entire locker room, the respect of all the boys in there. I mean, we got some new off bikes the other day, and Kane at 40 years old has got the record on some of them still. So it's pretty easy. To, as a player to respect the coach that you're going after and uh, everything he's telling you to do and run and how much he's telling you to lift, how much he's telling you to run, what we're breaking down, the film, everything, um, when he's been there, done that. I mean, he's been at the top of the mountain. You know, we've seen that that uh, kind of being, I, I don't even say maybe a trend, but, you know, right, literally a, a few feet from you guys are is the New Orleans Pelicans training facility. And that was one of the things that Ryan Griffin touched on when he was looking for a new head coach this year, a player coach, somebody that is – played time that maybe relates to today's player as well when you guys decided to to go that route was that one of the reasons as well you just kind of mentioned how to lift how to run and do that did you think that that was important to tie in what today's players are going with yeah absolutely i think that is i think you're seeing that across the board in a lot of sports but yeah for us here like i said i mean the respect that he's already you know earned from all the you know the players in that locker room um, and like I said, but Kane is a really hands-on coach. You know, he's a hands-on coach. He's not just going to give you a, a program and say, hey, go do this for three months. We'll check back in with you. You know, he's not. He's going to give you a program to do or skills to do or something. And he's going to be out there with you doing it. I mean, he's going to have, you know, cleats on and, you know, step-by-step going with you through it. And, that, you know, then immediately going to the film room, immediately going to the gym with you, watching your weight. I mean, he's very – he's the first one in, last one out to leave the building. And you add that in with the respect that they have for him of his history as a player, um, which is not too long ago. You know, he's been playing games last year and playing games the past previous, you know, three years. Uh, he's played 22 games with us, you know. So um, it's, a, it's an easy transition. And uh, like I said, he's, he's got the locker room rolling. Hmm. One of the things, speaking with General Manager Ryan Fitzgerald of the NOLA Goldie, Rugby team starts the season Saturday over at the Gold Mine on the Shrine on Airline. 
Sir, one of the things we touched on last year was, you know, obviously, whether it's COVID and all those different things, you mentioned it. The, the end of the season, your home schedule was done early before it got hot or whatever it was. This year, as I yeah. scroll down and look at it, your your last home game is actually, uh, you know, in May. So you – and there's only two games after that. So you, you are going to be playing games throughout for the most part of the schedule. Was that something you you, yeah. you viewed as important this year as opposed to last year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, that's what we told all you guys the last season. I was like, hey, understand understand with COVID, we all got to make adjustments. We all got to deal with a little bit of adversity. But, yeah, if we could finish with not, you know, six straight games, and our world, that'd be great. You know? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, thanks. I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to beg for anything or not trying to be too picky. But, yeah, six consecutive games on the road to end the season in a playoff hunt is, you know, not ideal. So, and, you know, for our, and, you know, all seriousness for our fans, too, it's great to have some balance, you know, to ask your fans to come you know, for the first, you know, eight, nine weeks, you're coming almost, you know, what, seven Saturdays out of the nine. You know, that's a lot to ask for fans. So they have that balance and stretch it out. And, of course, to the players, you know, to, you know, you know, we were getting back on a Sunday and turn around and leaving on Friday, oh, you know, for six consecutive weeks. That's hard, with you, especially when you get the dog days of the year with injuries and stuff. So it's going to be much nice to have it balanced this year for not only the locker room and the players, but obviously for the fans as well. One of the other things that we've seen, Ryan, is the the growth of – you know, Major League Rugby, MLR, with expansions and more teams coming in. What's the biggest difference right. from last year to difference uh, to, to this year with the league? Yeah, it's, we talked about it all the time. The bar is just rising so much, you know, in Major League Rugby, which is awesome. I mean, obviously from the, you know, just in five years where we, you know, you go just specifically to go from, you know, where we're at on the West Bank at Shaw to where we're at now at the gold mine. Then you look around the rest of the league, right, where you got started with seven, eight teams. Uh, seven teams, I'm sorry, and then you go into 13 within less than you know less than five years. Um, there's also Chicago in the mix for next year. St. Louis is in the mix. Miami's possibly in the mix. You know, so this thing is you know it's every year adding two or three more teams. So you know, and more and more TV deals. I mean, mm-hmm. our first one uh, at eight o'clock this Saturday. We're the game of the week. You know, so we're the game of the week nationally televised. Uh, you know, so it's, it's you know plus not only the players that are coming over, the players that are coming over, the coaching staffs that are coming over. The bar is just rising. Uh, so fast, and the resumes are getting deeper and deeper, and uh, that's, that's great for the game. Ryan, we're going to be talking throughout the rest of the season, man. Looking forward to it. We'll get to know your team a little bit better before the game starts uh, this Saturday, 8 o'clock over there in the gold mine at the Shrine and Airline. Thank you, bud. Appreciate the time today. Thanks for having me, Gus. And, hey, since you can't make it today, I'll see you Saturday, huh? Yep, for sure. I'm in. Let's see it. <laughs> you got it, brother. All right, man. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald, general manager. Vernola Gold, Jordan. Just like that, our show has basically come to an end. Got like 40 seconds here. What you got? Crazy. What? This show flew by today. It was nice that we can actually do three hours and not, you know, completely lament the loss of head coach Sean Payton and where we where is his team. I, I keep telling you, I honestly legitimately feel like hope. I, I just like I just look at things. And, why are you why are you smirking? You sound like a Star Wars movie. Why are you – come on. I hope. Find a coach. Anyway, remember, Doug Peterson interviewed yesterday. Brian Flores sets to interview with the Saints tomorrow. Aaron Glenn on Wednesday. Dennis Allen Wednesday on Thursday. That per Ian Rappaport. That looks to be like the candidates for your next Saints head coach. We'll touch on that and a lot more tomorrow. Matt Muscone after further review is up next. He'll talk about LSU hoops over the weekend and do very well. Everything else, including Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Pelicans tonight at 6. Bobby? Yes, Dad? Let me tell you about our new flower petal collection. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Aunt Lori. Bobby, these are the most beautiful engagement rings you've ever seen. The flower petal with an oval 